Welcome to the prolific teaching ministry of Pastor Emmanuel Iren, lead pastor of Celebration Church International. It is his vision to partner with you for your progress and joy in the faith. Ready, set, grow. Alright, Philippians chapter 1 verse 25. Listen, you have to understand, it doesn't matter how many miracles happen in a meeting. The most important thing you can receive from a meeting is the word of God. You've heard the same time and again that it is more important to teach people how to fish than to give them fish. So it doesn't matter how many miracles you receive, you're going to need another one soon. It doesn't matter how many victories you have, you're going to need another one soon. So the most important thing that God can do for you is to build in you the consistency of victory with his word so that uh, it doesn't matter what situation you find yourself in you know what god has said about it and you can coast through it say loud amen if that's your life philippians chapter 1 verse 25 if you're there say i'm there all right read together with me one two go and having this confidence i know that i shall abide and continue with you all for your furtherance and joy of faith. Everybody read one more time. One, two, go. Listen, brothers and sisters. There is such a thing as furtherance in the faith. That's what we call spiritual growth. God wants you to continue for furtherance in the faith. Progress in the faith. So as a child of God, it is one thing to be a Christian. It is another thing to grow. And thank God you've been in church for donkey years. But listen, being in a car park doesn't make you a car. Did you hear what I said? Being in a car park for long doesn't make you a car. And so the same way being in church doesn't make you grow. It depends on what you're hearing, the kind of church you're attending respectfully. You know, what you're hearing and what you're doing with what you're hearing. And so the Bible says not to be hearers alone deceiving your own self, but to be a doer of the word. And that's why we're here. For furtherance and joy of faith. You see, the name of the program, Deeper, suggests to you that there is a deeper experience in God. A deeper experience. And God is calling you deeper. That you can actually grow. You can actually grow. It doesn't matter where you are in your, in your Christian journey. Maybe you are not saved. This is the day of salvation. Not tomorrow. Not next tomorrow. You, you Listen, you must be born again today. Just like the writer of Hebrews said. He says, today, if you hear his voice, harden not your heart. Like the people did in the wilderness. He says, if you hear his voice, harden not your heart. Don't postpone or procrastinate. You have to receive it today. And if you're already saved, but you're not serious in, with your walk with God, you see, God is calling you deeper. I want you to nudge the person by the side gently say, God is calling you deeper. Oh, listen, you may be a man of God, a woman of God. You may have preached a hundred sermons, but there is always something deeper in God. A new gusher to touch, a new threshold to accomplish. A new depth of understanding. How many of you believe that there is deeper? There is more. There is more. There is more. Hallelujah. Well, that's why we're here. 
We are here for more. You see, the Bible tells us of the story of a powerful vision of Ezekiel. And let me first of all give you the background of the book of Ezekiel. God warned through prophets that if Israel did not follow his ways, they will be tampering with their spiritual security. You have to understand that what gave Israel their land and all their accomplishments in the first place was not the fortitude of their army. They had little or none. The reason they could stand up to Egypt and go out the way they did was because God was their defense. And so God is telling them, listen, if you walk away from me, you are tampering with your defense. And there's going to be a problem. There's going to be grave consequences. But they didn't listen. And they turned back from God, worshiping idols and all those things. And so a pagan nation, according to the prophecy of the Lord, you know, it was fulfilled. The pagan nation came to them you know, fought them in battle, killed many people, and the people that were left behind were taken as exiles, slaves to Babylon. And that's how you have Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, all those guys. Do you understand? In Babylon, are you following? That's what led to the, to, to, to the story of Daniel as you know it. Hebrew boys in a pagan nation. And so, Ezekiel, he's just looking at the ruins of Israel. God's people and their things plundered. The temple had been destroyed. You know, and all of that. And just in his lamentation, the Bible says he sees a vision. Come on, are you with me? One or two of you will see a vision in this conference. And what is even more important is what he saw. The Bible says in the vision, he saw a new temple. The old one had been destroyed. He saw a new temple and a new altar. And it was even bigger and better than the one that was destroyed. Listen, and the Lord is asking me to tell you, some of you, you were on fire before. And you're looking now, it looks like there is nothing left of your spiritual experiences. All you have is the relics of spiritual encounters. All you have is, you know, just ashes. You, people can tell that there was fire on this altar before there is no fire now. The Lord is asking me to tell you, open your eyes and see. There is a new altar. God is building in you a new altar. Listen, you are going to pray like you did before and better. Come on, are you with me? I said that fire as of old is coming back. Say amen like you believe it. Hey, the Lord said he's building altars again. Altars again. There's someone, a guy at the back. It looks like even in your faith, you're struggling. Because you, you had this experience that shook you. And now sometimes you're not even sure if you believe or not. The Lord is asking me to tell you. He's going to show you himself strong in your life. And not only... Will you believe beyond reasonable doubt you will preach this message? Amen. Oh, help me say amen. amen. And so in a vision, he sees a new altar, a new temple. But the vision doesn't stop there. He discovers that as he moves closer, he sees some water coming out of the north gate. Oh, it looks like a sprinkle of water. But as he moves closer, he discovers that the water is getting deeper. It gets to his ankle level. And that as he moves closer, 
it gets to his waist level. This is Ezekiel 47. And then as he moves closer, it gets to a point where he cannot even, you know, but swim. You, you cannot walk at that depth. You, you, you have to swim. And that's also a prophetic vision of different depths in God, especially as your intimacy and your proximity increases. Listen, make no mistake. By the grace of God, I'm a theologian, self-taught. So I know that God is in us. But it's a different thing to actually build intimacy. Come on, are you with me? There is something that Paul calls feeling after God. Knowing that God is really there because God can be in you and you don't know it. That's a totally different thing. And so the Lord is, the Lord brought that story to my memory to use it to challenge you. There is a deeper depth. There is a deeper, listen, just as long as you are in the temple, you have access to the water, your leg may even be there, but God has destined for you to swim. Do you understand what I'm saying? There is a deeper depth. So go deeper. That's what this program is about. Go deeper. Go deeper. And the, the interesting thing is, you have an assurance in God. He says, if you draw nigh to me, I'll draw nigh to you. He will match your energy. He says, if you seek me, you will find me. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. You know what? Just speak in tongues for 10 seconds. Speak in tongues. Speak in tongues. Hallelujah. So in the Bible... We see the revelation of God in many ways. And this is what I mean. I want to show you three different ways, or you may call it dimensions, in which or through which people knew God. The first I want to talk about is how God revealed himself to people by his names. How God revealed himself to people by his names. The second is how God revealed himself to people by his son. And then the third is how God revealed himself to people by his spirit. And if you may excuse that terminology, because it may not fit into every single criteria, you know, of theological expression, I want to call it dimensions of intimacy. So what did I call the first one? What's the second? And what's the third? All right. So, first and foremost, the names of God. I want us to go through that. What do the names of God represent? The names of God represent revelations of specific reputations of God. Revelations of specific reputations of God. And I want to pick that piece by piece. First and foremost, I want to talk about reputation. You see, 
when you talk about the name of God, you're talking about the reputation of God. Not just what he's called. Some of us think that the names of God are but lyrics for worship songs. Jehovah Jireh, Jehovah Nesi, Jehovah Zegeno, Jehovah Shama. You know, and, and that's powerful. When you have a proper understanding of the names of God, it's powerful in your worship. Come on, are you with me? In fact, I have said that worship is predicated on the knowledge of God. Predicated on the knowledge of God. It is who God says he is that becomes the lyrics of your worship. And that's powerful. But you see, the names of God are not just what he's called, appellations. The names of God are actually reputation. I'll give you an example. Turn the Bibles very quickly. Proverbs chapter 22 verse 1. Proverbs chapter 22 verse 1. Oh, listen in the afternoon session. Listen, you might have been here since morning. I don't even know how many of you were hindered by the rain. But some of you who came early, you know, and saw that we had to wait for people who were going to be late. You have been here for a while. But I, I want to encourage you. Don't miss the afternoon session. It's going to be hot. Are you with me? Proverbs chapter 22 verse 1. It says a good name is to be chosen rather than great riches. Loving favor rather than silver and gold. Now, what, is, what do you mean a good name? Does it mean that some names sound better than others? Do you think that's what he's talking about? That, oh, what's your name? Chelsea, God forbid, that's it. I don't like the club, so... <laughs> I mean, why would you... Why would you wish your child the fortune of, of that football club? Even Chelsea fans agree with me right now. At least right now. <laughs> Are you lying? <laughs> After that illustrious performance last season, right? You know, on the table, they were hardly on the first page. You know what that means? You have to scroll. <laughs> you know, so we think that a good name is based on how we sound. So what's your name? Emerald. Oh, that's a good name. But a good name actually refers to reputation. Reputation. So when we talk about the names of God, we talk about the reputation of God. So, for instance, God wants to re re reveal himself as the providential God. The God who steps ahead of you to provide for you before you know you have a need. And so he tells Abraham, take your son, your only son whom you love, up to the altar and there sacrifice. And Abraham is about to, to discover something about God. Because as Abraham is climbing up the mountain from one end. A ram is climbing up from the other end. Abraham doesn't see it, but it's happening. Come on, are you with me? And it so happens that they are climbing simultaneously. The ram doesn't see Abraham, and Abraham doesn't see the ram. But it so happens that Abraham gets there slightly before the ram, and just as he's about 
to lay his hand on Isaac, he finds the ram caught in the thicket. And that becomes the revelation of Jairah. Do you understand what I'm saying? And so God was using that to highlight and emphasize a particular reputation. I am the providential God. And Abraham said it prophetically, God will provide himself a lamb. Right? God will provide himself a lamb. It means for anything God wants to do, he will never be stranded. Has he given you a vision? Oh, trust the providential God. Listen, and you don't even have to wait for him to do it ahead of time. Just go. Trust in the providential God. He will never be stranded. Don't expect to see the ram at the bottom of the mountain. Are you listening to me? There are some things you will never see until you obey God. Trust in ahead of time that he is providential. So God used that experience to highlight his reputation as Jaira forever. When he's going to introduce himself to Pharaoh, Pharaoh dares ask, who is the Lord that I should listen to him? God told Moses, tell him, I am that I am. Come on, are you with me? You see, so, especially when it came to instances where battles had to be fought, they had some names. Do you understand what I'm saying? It's a revelation to call God the Ebenezer. My banner. Meaning, listen, there are names for defense. The reputation of God as a defender. Those things are important. They have their place. In fact, even today, as a child of God, I think you should go and study those things. Or at least, let's put it this way. What has God said about your health? What has God said about your career? What has God said about your ministry? You see, how have you armed yourself with the revelation of his reputation in those areas? That right there is a sermon on its own, but that's not where we are going. I said all of that to emphasize this, that the names of God are but the reputation of God. Let me, let me, let me share a text with you. You might have read it and you might have had a question. I want to answer a question that might have crossed your mind at least once in your Bible study, I hope. Look at Isaiah chapter 7 verse 14. A prophecy about Christ. A prophecy about Christ. Isaiah 7, 14. Everybody read this together. One, two, go. Therefore the Lord himself shall give you a sign. Behold, a virgin shall conceive and bear a son and shall call his name. Now, question. Was the son of God named Emmanuel? It's like you're not sure. Was that a tough question? In the incarnation, what was the son of God called? Jesus. But the prophecy said, a virgin shall conceive, bear a son, and you shall call his name Emmanuel. Why is that? Why? You know, and then you could say, oh, Mary got it wrong. No, she didn't. An angel appeared and said, you shall call his name Jesus. 
for he shall save his people from their sins. So the question is, was that a contradiction? No! It is because you misunderstand names. Names are not what they are called, what a person is called. It is their reputation. Emmanuel means God with us. God manifests in the flesh. So was Jesus God with us? Emphatically, yes. When John said, in the beginning was the word, the word was with God, and the word was, that's Emmanuel. When he says, the word became flesh and dwelt amongst us, what's that? Emmanuel. When Paul said, in 1 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16, he says, great is the mystery of godliness. God was manifest in the flesh. What is that? Emmanuel. So he was Emmanuel. That was his reputation. Listen, you don't have to be called something for it to be your reputation. The fact that you bear kindness by name does not mean you are kind. You can bear kindness and be the meanest person. You know it's true. Is it everybody that bears lovely that is lovely? Is it everybody that bears gold that has money? Your, your, your name can be gold and you're broke. <laughs> oh, you know it's true. <laughs> Yorubas have the most interesting names. Somebody's name can be Fowoshere, meaning use money to play, and you are broke. <laughs> your name can be king. You, you know, you can have a houseboy named King. I'm just saying that jokingly, seriously. All right. It doesn't really matter where you are right now. All what matters is your journey and where God is taking you. Do you understand that? But I just said that to say this, that what is more important is your reputation, not what you are called. And so by God talking about his names... He was talking about his reputation, and that's why he introduced himself as such because of what he was about to do. Meaning, in this season of your life, this will be my reputation. Tell Pharaoh, based on what I am about to do, this is my name. Come on, are you with me? But now there's a problem. If you define God by specific reputations he emphasized, you cannot truly say that you know God. Because the problem is, many people know God, for instance, as Jaira, they have no problem trusting God to provide. But they don't know him as Rafa. And so if you don't know that God heals, do you know God? Answer me. I want it louder. Is this, is this the style from this part of the world? I like response, okay? So listen, if you are not careful, the names of God which were meant to emphasize what God wanted to emphasize at a particular time to a particular people, the names of God, as beautiful as they are, can be limitations in Revelation. Because those names were but a 
a development of knowledge where God at some point says, never before was I known as this, but this will be my name. So, so they were growing. The names represented growth in their revelation of God. Not the totality of God. And that's something you need to understand. The reason I'm saying this is because we're talking about going deeper, right? And there are many people who know things about God that are but limitations in their revelation. There are many people, for instance, you may know some who are not Christians. They are not born again. Let me put it that way. But if you tell them God wants to bless them, they believe it. They believe in miracles. Haven't you seen people who are living clearly for the world and even for the devil? In award ceremony, they say, I want to dedicate this award to God. And the song that they won, if you hear the lyrics, you will run. How can you sing a song about bomb bomb and dedicate the award to God? Some of you know what I'm saying. <laughs> Say, first, I want to thank God. God is merciful. <laughs> Thunder would have fired your left ear. <laughs> we just... <laughs> Oh, your upper lip. The one you used to say, I did it. I did it. <laughs> come on, you get what I'm saying, right? You know, I mean, there are many people who come around God, but just for what he can give. And make no mistake, did he not say he's Jaira? Is he not Jaira? And the God of the Bible, in fact, doesn't discriminate. Listen, listen to me. Listen to me. You have to understand this. Before the children of Israel were brought out of Egypt, God did not give them conditions. He didn't say you must believe in me. Did he say that? And so what God was doing was to use the miracles to woo them so that they could believe in, in him. And sign after sign, miracle after miracle, they stood before the Red Sea and the Red Sea parted. They got to the other side and the people were still murmuring. Do you know what it means? To see an ocean divide in half. And for you to walk in the middle. Listen, we are not talking about swimming pool. It will take seconds to walk from one end of a swimming pool to another. But to walk from one end of an ocean to the other must have taken days. And so you are steadily, consistently seeing that miracle. The Bible says that the walls of the ocean congealed. That was the first aquarium in the whole world. So you are literally walking in the midst of a miracle for days. How do you get to the other side and still doubt? Well, that's what happened. When they were hungry... They said, you know, you know what they told Moses? They said, were there not graves in Egypt that you brought us here to die? They told Moses, you and your God connived to kill us here. <laughs> they said, you brought us here to kill us. You see that? So, why am I telling you that? I'm telling you that God can actually bless people who don't, who don't, who don't like him. I'm telling you. 
There are unbelievers who don't trust God as Savior, but trust God as miracle worker. You'll be, on, you'll be surprised. Once in a while, they will call out to him sincerely and he will answer. He will know that they are taking advantage of him, but because of who he is. Let me, let me prove it to you. When God... <laughs> oh, let me say this to you. When you were reading your Bible and you heard that Pilate put Barabbas and put Jesus and said, who do you want to set free? As popular as Jesus was, after feeding 5,000 people with five loaves, if it was by democracy, by election, shouldn't Jesus have been freed? Based on what you were reading, Jesus should have been freed. But from all the stories, from what we read, you could tell that most of the people who loved Jesus were not there. The moment Jesus was arrested, they were nowhere to be found. So the greater part of the multitude that were, were there were people that the Pharisees had hired to just chorus what they had asked them to chorus. And they said, crucify Jesus. Give us Barabbas. Guess what? If for some reason Jesus was freed that day and he announced that he had crusade the next day, it would have still been full. Because the people don't care. They just want bread. <laughs> Listen, there are many churchgoers like that. Ah, the name of God, Jaira. Ah. Look, go on. Go and listen. Maybe, no, you shouldn't. But <laughs> some secular songs that you know, listen to the lyrics. They will say, Oluwa. You know, they will say, a Yahoo boy is playing, bless my hustle. Bless, in a song. So I'm telling us something that is proven in our culture. There are a lot of people who hate God's person, but like, like God's purse. You know it is true. They like the miracles. They, they want to attribute their success to God. They want God to keep blessing them. But they have not come to a point of introspection where they want to vet how they're actually living. They don't want to change. If you are like that, the word of the Lord to you is come deeper. You, you, you cannot continue like that. Can't continue like that. And I want to tell you this. Even though God blesses people like that, listen, there is a time where the blessings will stop. Where Paul says, the age of ignorance God winks at. God knows, these people, they are still playing. But he wink at it. But he now calls to everyone to repent. Look at John chapter 2. I want to show you this. John chapter 2 from verse 23 to 25. Please, are you learning anything? John chapter 2 from verse 23 to 25, it says, Now when he was in Jerusalem at the Passover, in the feast day, many believed in his name when they what? Saw the miracles he did. So they believed in his name. What his name can do? That, ah, this man, if he says, tells a crippled person, rise up, the person will walk. Now listen, in a selfish world, some people don't care who you are if you can help them. They don't. 
You know, something happened days ago. I went to buy fuel, and it cost me 40,000 naira to, my, my tank was half. So to fill my tank and my jerry can cost 40,000 naira. So I was just overwhelmed with compassion that how are people coping? And I put, put out a tweet. I said, you know what, just help someone out there. People are going through a lot. And someone messaged and said, help me. So I just said, the person said, help me, pastor. So because the person said, pastor, I suspected the person might be a church member. So I, said, I said, are you a church member? The person said, yes. I said, okay, send your account number. And someone, people started commenting. So she was not a church member. And so someone commented. Now, first and foremost, the Bible says, when the Bible was talking about welfare, he says, especially those who are of the household of faith. Are you aware? So by God's grace, we have 10,000 members, some of whom are in need. I will leave them and come and, an entitled generation. So if, if I say, I want to be a blessing to my people, that's, so they were complaining about that. One of them said, Oga, I'm an atheist. Send me money. <laughs> I said, in my mind, I say, ask your father. Ask your father. <laughs> ask the devil. Put up that text. So some people don't really care about you. You could tell these people, they don't care. They don't give two cents about me. But now there's a giveaway. They want to control how I do it. Look at the next verse. It says, everybody read this together, want to go. But Jesus did not what? I, my God. It, it says he knows people. Hmm. <laughs> He knows people. Was he not correct? The same Jesus that fed them twice. The day he said, I'm the bread. Come down from heaven. Listen. Church of 5,000 reduced to 12. They all left. Read your Bible. John chapter 6. The multitude left him. Just one sermon they didn't agree with. Is that not how this generation is? You can be blessing the world, saving lives. Make, just, just cross one line. It doesn't even have to be a biblical line. Just have a political view. That one reached for dragon shower, but uh, maybe not. I'm just saying, for example. It says Jesus did not commit himself. Does that scare you that there might be people around Jesus that he's not committed to? These people were around him. They were in the multitude. They were hearing him preach. He was even blessing them, but he was not committed to them. You just read it. And that's why I'm asking you, come deeper. Come deeper. Come deeper. Please, not the person by your side again. Say, please come deeper. Because the Bible says that in the last days, the Spirit speaks expressly that perilous times will come. 
2 Timothy chapter 3 from verse 1. Verse 2 says, For men shall be lovers of their own self, covetous, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy. Verse 7, it says, Ever learning, never able to come to the point of truth. They can attend 1,000 programs. But from their life, you can tell they are not saved. They don't believe. They don't, they don't act like believers. If you fall into that category, God is calling you deeper. Say loud amen, everybody. Yeah. And that's what reprobacy is. Ever learning, never able to come to the point of truth. Just because you are around saved people doesn't make you saved. Just like Judas, he was with the bread of life. He didn't partake. He did not. And so the Bible says, seek first the kingdom and his righteousness and all these things shall be added unto you. Look at Hebrews chapter 1. Hebrews chapter 1. I'm going to read from verse 1 to 2, or maybe 1 to 3. Thank you, Jesus. We'll wrap this up as fast as we can. Take a break and come back for a time of prayer, healing, and impartation. Amen, somebody. Amen. How many of you follow me on IG? Did you see the testimony I posted? Yes. God is wonderful. Medically proven testimonies. I love medically proven testimonies. Where the, doc, the same doctor that said you are sick checks again. In fact, according to the story, when the doctor was checking, one of them was afraid. She thought she would lose her job. Because she thought she had made a mistake. She said, I promise you, this thing was there. This thing was there. Hallelujah. I like it when God shocks the doctors. The Lord will shock the doctor over your life. Amen. Please, if you believe it, say it well. Amen. He will shock the doctors. God is so kind. That lady, according to what I heard, that was her first time in our church. First time. Four Terminal diseases healed. First time. Ah. And then, you know, that's in line with what we are saying because now there might be members who are playing church. A friend who was a member of our church had been 
encouraging her, praying for her, you know, and after a while, he just said, you know what, come to church. Pastor is praying for the sick. Come to church. Didn't even touch her. After a worship session, I prayed. She fell under the power, went back feeling better, went for the next test. All, all traces gone. And then, it makes it one year. One year after she went for another series of tests, clean. Ay, God. <laughs> Sir, it works. <laughs> you, you, <laughs> I, I don't, I don't argue again. <laughs> I don't, all those debates, does it happen? Does Jesus heal? Does it, uh, I can just tell the secretary, bring her, bring files. When they are showing you before and after scan, same hospital, same doctor, same person. It was there, it's not there. You better believe this Jesus. You will need it one day. Let, learn, start developing your faith now. Amen, somebody. Amen. Hebrews chapter 1 from verse 1. It says, God, who at various times and in various ways, spoke in time past to the fathers by the prophets. One of the ways he spoke to the fathers and, and by the prophets is to reveal his names. Jaira, Nisi, Shama, Jehovah. But he says, in these last days, he has spoken to us in his son. Oh my God, listen. In the names of God, you see several sides of God. But in the Son, oh my God, the Bible says in Him dwells the fullness of the Godhead bodily. Because in the same Jesus, you see a healer. You see a provider. And most importantly, you see Savior. And so in one person, you see the brightness of His glory. The express image of His person. John said in the beginning was the word. The word was with God. And the word was God. He says all things were made by him. Without him was not anything made that was made. In him was life. And the life was the light of men. In verse 14 it says. The word became flesh. Dwelt amongst us. And it says we beheld his glory. Oh my God. Have you beheld his glory? It says, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. Meaning in Jesus, you have the fullness of the expression of the Father. The fullness. The fullness. Don't trust him for miracles and not receive his salvation. Go for fullness. Don't receive the salvation and not trust him as a healer. Go for fullness. Jesus challenged them. He says, you set the scriptures. In them you think you have eternal life. They testify of me. He's called the yea and amen. Everything that God said in the Old Testament is fulfilled in him. He's the lamb of God. He's the healer. He's the one Isaiah prophesied about when he says... He, he was wounded for our transgressions, bruised for our iniquity. 
The chastisement of our peace was upon him. He says, by his stripes we are healed. Come on, are you listening to me? So in him, you have all those names of God re re revealed in one. Rafa, Rohi, Rofeka. Uh, listen, when you say Jesus, oh my God. The Bible says God also has highly exalted him. And given him a name above every name. It says that at the name Jesus, every knee should bow. Of things in heaven, of things on the earth, and of things beneath. It says, and every tongue should confess that Jesus is Lord to the glory of God the Father. I want you to develop relationship with the Son. Listen, it doesn't matter the God you think you know. The only access to God in his totality and in his truth is through the Son. He said, I am the way. The truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except by me. Listen, there are many people who claim to know God. If they don't know God in his son, they don't know the true God. Or they don't know God in truth. I am the way. In another instance, he called himself the door. The access point. Know God. Receive his salvation. Receive his love. And then finally, just the same way you cannot know God without the Son. You cannot know the Son without the Spirit. Please, are you listening to me? Because it is in the Spirit that the Son benefits you. Let me show you a text. I will show you two, actually, and then we pray. Oh, my God. Look at Acts chapter 2, verse 33. After that, we'll read John 7, 37. Acts 2, 33. Jesus. Jesus. Everybody read Acts 2, 33 together. One, two, go. She's telling you, oh my God. He says, therefore, Jesus being at the right hand of God exalted and having received of the Father the Holy Ghost of promise. Meaning that Holy Ghost was what was promised. The Holy Ghost of promise. He has shared forth this which you now see and hear. Meaning the only reason we could step into the new creation is because Jesus was exalted one. And by the exaltation of Jesus, the Holy Spirit could come. So it means that the fullness of what God planned in Christ could only happen by the coming of the Holy Spirit. This is why he said, rejoice that I'm going. He said, if I don't go, the comforter will not come. Oh my God. Imagine Jesus said, you should rejoice that he was going. Have you ever read in the Bible 
Jesus in his earthly ministry and you wished you were around in that day. But Jesus said, you should be happy now. That you, you are in a better time now. Now, 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 now. He said, it is expedient that I go. It is expedient. It is better for you that Jesus goes. Because when Jesus was on the earth, he had to be in a place per time. When Jairus' daughter is dead, he has to go to Jairus' house. When someone needs a healing, he has to go there. But you see, now the Holy Spirit, Allah's Paracletos, not just another one of, a, of the same kind, another one of a different number. That's what that phrase actually means. The Holy Ghost is Jesus unlimited. The Holy Spirit is the omnipresence of God. He can be with all of us at the same time. Is Jesus unlimited. That's why Jesus said, it is expedient I go. And Jesus said, you know that comforter. Because he has been with you, but now he will be in you. He was talking about himself. <laughs> like, my ministry will enter into a new level of efficacy when I can operate from inside you. It is expedient that I go, he said. Do you know this comforter of whom I speak? Let me also show you this text so that you will know how important this comforter is. You know John 37, 37. You know it, but there is a part I want to read to you. He says, in the last day, the great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried with a loud voice, if any man thirst, let him come to me and drink. He that believes on me, as the scripture has said, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. Everybody read what it says next. One, two, go. Come on, read together. One, two, go. Listen, it means what he was saying was not even possible at the time. Yes, it is out of his belly. He wants it for the church. But until the Holy Ghost is given, that cannot happen. This just tells you that the born-again experience is impossible without the Holy Ghost. Listen, to be born again means to receive the Holy Ghost. That's what it means. That's what Jesus was explaining. Except a man be born again, he said. The Godemon said, how can a man be born when he is old? Then Jesus clarified, except a man be born of water, which is the Spirit. He cannot see the kingdom of God. These are dimensions of spiritual development. Number one, knowing the names of God. For some of us, that was the evangelism that they used to lure us. It was the God of miracles that lured us. But you must not stop there. If you know him only as a miracle worker, you don't know him. You must come to a saving knowledge with him in his son. You must recognize his son died for your sins. His main priority is not just to meet your needs. Your ultimate need is salvation. Come on, are you with me? And then for that to also happen, you must recognize that you must receive his spirit. It is by his spirit that you are saved. And that spirit doesn't just save you. 
He empowers you for ministry. So if you have been saved and have, you have not been responsible, you know, in discipleship, you've not been growing spiritually, His Spirit will help you grow. We're putting you with desire for prayer. We're putting you with desire to be a witness. We're putting you all those desires. That's why sometimes you wake up in the middle of the night and, and you feel something, something asking you to pray. What is something? How come that something was not asking you to pray when you were in the world? That something cannot be your mind. Your unrenewed mind cannot make you pray. That something cannot be the devil. The devil cannot ask you to pray. So what is that something? You start recognizing the nudges of the spirit. You grow, and then the more you succumb to those nudges, the more you grow spiritually. That's the deeper experiences. The deeper experience I'm talking about. And as a, a time will come, you begin to know his voice. You begin to know his voice. Even when he flashes by, you know, I have heard from God. God is calling you deeper. So the message for this morning, just for introduction, wherever you are on this Christian development spectrum, God is calling you. If you are not saved, you must be saved today. If you are saved but you are not growing, you must start growing today. How do you grow? First important thing, attend a good church. There's no way around that. You know, sometimes telling people how to grow spiritually is, is actually irresponsible. Imagine telling a newborn baby, make sure you eat three times daily. The newborn baby needs food, but does not have the discipline or the presence of mind to do it. So the first thing you do to someone who is struggling to grow is find him a good pastor. Are you listening to me? So don't say, read your Bible, pray every day. That's good. The most important thing is assembly first. First. When you believe you are added to the church, that's where discipleship happens. Listen, even if you are struggling to pray, even if you are struggling to study your Bible, the moment you continue to fellowship with people who do, ay, my God, if Saul finds himself in a company of prophets, he will prophesy. So that's the first thing. You must change your association. Find a good church, attend regularly, and then everyone who is not encouraging your work with God, counsel it. Do those two things and see. The rest will follow. Are you getting me now? And then if you are already doing those things, some people, they are growing, but they are not doing anything with it. And God is nudging you to be more responsible in ministry. Start telling people about Jesus. Wherever you are in this Christian spectrum, the Lord is calling you to more. And my question, having said all of this, is to ask you, are you ready to go deeper? So what we'll do right now is we will pray a simple prayer and you're just going to tell God, I'm ready. When we do that, we'll take our offerings, we'll go, we'll come back in the afternoon and God will do his part. Are you ready for that? Thank you for listening. We are sure that you have been blessed. For inquiries, 
reach us on our helpline 0809-996-7000. Blessings.